break up. Now every day I wake up, somebody got a problem with hope. What's up, y'all need to get off better, cause I got a little cheddar and my rank is moving out the store. Young, oh, spitting at me, young rappers getting at me. Looking big, but think that this exactly. More money, more problems, gotta move carefully. Cause you gotta take when you get their money like athletes. Young as ice grilling me. Oh, you're not feeling me fine. It costs you nothing. Pay me no mind. Look, I'm on my grind, cousin. Ain't got time for fronting. Sensitive felt y'all all. Man, I just want to listen to it a little bit. Man, that's joy fire. I mean, happy victory Friday, Bills Mafia. We are your host. I, of course, am Jake, a.k.a. the Northeastern Nostradamus. He is Justice, a.k.a. the GM. And we are your Friday night guys underneath the Friday night lights. And this is Built Different. This show and every other show on the Buffalo fan base are brought to you by all the wonderful people over at 26 Shirts and Justice. It has been a minute, dude. It has. It has been, been a moment. minute. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Um, obviously, it, the, the whole debacle that, that happened with me couldn't go a couple weeks ago. Then last week was Thanksgiving. And it's been a minute, bro. But I'm so glad to get back to potting, bro. You have no idea that, like, I've just, I've, I've had, like, I've just been going through, like, I'm feeding for it. You know what I mean? And. To come back the day after the Bills start to look like the Bills again? Can't ask for anything better, bro. How you doing, bro? Dude, I'm feeling the same way you are, man. When I uh, I sent you that text this morning, too, that was like, man, I'm, I just can't wait to get back into that grind, man. I was feeling it with the holidays and being sick the last two weeks. I wanted to do the post-game show so badly. And finally, I was like, you know what? We're going to do built different. We're coming back with it. But Justice, I have a question for you, bro. What's up? Do you like shirts? I do like shirts. I love shirts, actually. Do you like charity? I mean, yeah, it's, it's the best thing for our communities. Well, if you're like Justice and I and love all those things, consider going and checking out the official 26 shirts and Oxford pennant collaboration shirt that you can pre-order right now. And guess what? The link is in the description. 8% of each sale goes to support Melanie Gilson Diaz, a special education teacher who's been battling with multiple ailments caused by a DSP gene mutation that caused her to have to have a heart transplant recently. Bill's Mafia is more than a fan base. It's a family. And at this time of the year, family means everything. So again, you can pre-order this shirt and help support Melanie and her family in this time of need at this time of the season. All the links are down below, and there will be a direct link to the GoFundMe as well. So, Justice, we already alluded to it. We just came off of an amazing win last night, my dude. Like, and and here's the thing: the last couple of weeks, it feels terrible, right? That like we haven't really been able to talk about this bill's lull in this team, not really looking like the team it should be. And now it feels like almost like we're copping out coming back and being like, (laughs) Hey, the team's good again. You know? (laughs) So it's uh, but 
the Bills' best, Bill Belichick and the Patriots, 24 to 10. And I know that doesn't really look like a big score, right? Everybody's probably going to be like, what do you mean they're back? But it's like, yeah, it's 24 to 10. But outside of that fluky touchdown at the beginning where a defensive back who's never played an offensive snap all year gets the edge and just I have no idea what the defensive backs are doing on that play to just let him like whatever angle they were taking just wasn't working. I feel the miscommunication there and you'll have to correct me if I'm not wrong. That is Elam was supposed to be there to fill in that hole. And I believe Rhodes kind of drops out to the edge and that just leaves that hole wide open and Elam's not there to protect it. So what happens is uh, mm. Damar Hamlin is actually blitzing. And, oh, um, Hamlin, yes. Yeah, Damar Hamlin is blitzing, and he doesn't recognize the play quick mm. enough, which is where you, you miss, you know, Micah Hyde immensely. Um, yeah. But, you know, the, to your point, that boy fast, and he, he got the edge wow. uh, and ran past everybody. Uh, so, I mean, hey, you know, give credit where it's due, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, but again, the score twenty four to ten, like it, it's still like it's not thirty plus. It's not a forty burger, you know. Like it's not what I'm sure a lot of fans assume is uh, prototypical Bills them getting back to what they needed to be. But what I saw was the most competent Bills offense we've seen in three weeks, and I, yeah, this. Even even from what? So, yeah, it's been three weeks, and then even the end of the Green Bay game, it's been... Yeah, the second half of the Green Bay game was a little underwhelming. I, it, it has just been so long, dude. It's And finally, we see Josh Allen looking more like Josh Allen. What did you see in this game that made you go, oh, this offense, they're back. Like, this, this is what we've been waiting for. Well, if, if you look at it, first of all, what what made me say they're back is the fact that it, it was pretty cool because it's it's almost like they're back, but also they're a little bit better. You know what I mean? They're back and they're better, right? Mm. Because when you when you look at the Bills, um, typically you look at oh Josh Allen is making plays, Josh Allen is making throws, guys are getting open, guys are catching footballs, and everything is clicking on all cylinders, and you're like, all right, that's that's the Buffalo Bills team we know and love, right? But last night, don't get me wrong, Josh was still dealing. Um, and it, it Stefan Diggs was dealing, of course. Uh, everything looked good, but they also added an extra element, which was the run game. And it was a very competent run game. So the fact that Josh Allen was out there making good plays, he had a couple plays where I was like, oh, Josh, don't do that. Don't do that, Josh. Um, but overall, I'd say he played phenomenally. He made mm-hmm. plays that only Josh Allen can make. And he, he did everything that we're used to see him doing. He looked healthy again. And that was very, very encouraging. And then you also complement that with the fact that the run game is getting there. Devin Singletary looks good. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, I'm, I'm blanking on James Cook, excuse me. Devin Singletary runs for 50, 50 mm. uh, yards or four yards a carry. James Cook one, runs punch. four yards on 4.6 yards a game. It absolutely is a yeah. great one-two punch. Uh no hate, no shade towards Zach Moss, but this just mm-hmm. feels better. It just it, it, it yeah. looks, it feels better. Um, so to answer your question, it was a lot that, that kind of made me feel like the Bills are back, but mainly it was the fact that I want to say 80% of the drives 
the Bills were moving the football, okay? We know that the Bills are are mistake-bound, right? They, they make mm. a lot of mistakes. They, they, they random turnover here or there. All right, yes, we understand that. They got to clean that up for sure. But they've always moved the football. The last mm-hmm. few weeks, it seems like it's been a little tougher for them to move the football. And yesterday – it didn't really look like it was that difficult for them to move the football against the Bill Belichick defense who used to absolutely torture Hmm. Josh Allen in this, in this Bill's offense. So uh, that, that is what made me feel like the Bill's offense was back. And it was very encouraging. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, Josh Allen is just an alien dude. Like he, I, you, you hear a UCL injury. Oh, maybe he's going to need Tommy John. And you're like, Oh no, like this is where, and he's like, uh, uh, no, it's not that bad. I'm gonna play through it. And dude comes out here and that Gabe Davis touchdown, dude. I mean, everybody's talking about it. They're like, and I, I think you've made like three or four memes about it already. Like, <laughs> I, sure. I, I, it's like you look at from that angle, there's two guys right in front of him, three in the end zone. You can't even see Gabe Davis in that photo. You can just kind of see his leg where he's kind of cutting back over where Josh is about to throw that ball. And I mean, that's just kind of like one of those plays where they it's in every single football handbook. If you're a quarterback, do not do this. Do not do that. Like it's in big red letters. Never do this. And Josh Allen can still make that play. There's only a couple dudes in the league that can make that kind of play. And I think that the big thing, like you said, is that it really feels like they're moving the ball a little bit more. And I think a lot of that is coming from utilizing this run game into it. Right. Is you know, where it kind of felt like Dorsey was really trying to force the ball down the field at some points in critical moments where it kind of felt like, okay, maybe like we got to get something here. We've put ourselves in this position. We got to get this first down. Whereas the methodical checking down to running backs and just running it and continuing to incorporate the run to set up the pass this game, it just felt more methodical. That's the word that you can use for it. And the Bills were just driving and driving. They had a couple of drives where it was just kind of like, okay, what are we doing? But outside of that, they really, really seem to put it together here. And I really feel like this is, as Josh Allen said, him and Dorsey, they're kind of working together to just get better, right? I mean, he's a first-year play caller. If you remember the first two years of Brian Dayball, we all wanted him fired like yesterday, right? Like it was, it was like, what are you doing? And then he starts to get it together in that 2020 season. And now he's a, uh, a decent head coach for the New York giants. I don't know. They're kind of floundering. Well, they're floundering a little bit right now. So we'll see if he's able to pick them up and they get this win over Washington this weekend. I'll be like, okay, this is, this is, you know, we know what he is. He is a player's guy. Like people love, love him. They love Dave's. I, will like to see what he does whenever this team see they seem they're on a downward trajectory. I mean, they've already overachieved what they were supposed to do this season. They were supposed to tank this year. Uh, but no, I, I, I really like where this bills offense is going this. I still don't think that this is kind of the end all be all for them. They can still get better. And I know that's crazy with how productive they were last night and how mistake free they almost were. Josh Allen, again, you alluded to. There were a couple of things where I'm like, ooh, like it's like that throw at the end of the first half where it's just kind of like, 
all right, we've got timeouts. We've got about like 38 seconds here. We know what we can do. Josh Allen, it's one of those F it digs is down there somewhere throws. And I'm like, uh, uh, all right, let, let's calm down. And then after yeah, he throws I, that, I, I'm like, just take the knee. Take yeah. the knee. I, I, I don't know. But, you, you know, you live and die with Josh Allen that way. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm fine with that, uh, 100%. Uh, just not in the red zone, please, for the love of God. <laughs> and and you know what? Honestly, because the touchdown to Gabe was one of those plays, if we're being yeah, completely honest, right? You know, it was where one you were of those on the good side of it, like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're on the good side of it. It's like, Josh, oh, oh touchdown, okay. You know, <laughs> like Josh, uh, last night he was 22 of 33 for 223, mm-hmm. two touchdowns, and really should have been 23 of 34. Four for two, what? Mm. what would that have been uh, seventy? Nope, two sixty-four in mm. three touchdowns. But obviously, forty-one yard uh, throw to Stephon Diggs was called back on a Tommy Sweeney hole. Um, but that—that's one of those highlights. You know what I mean? That yeah. would have been one of those highlights. And even though that play didn't count, that play makes me feel so good mm-hmm. because Tommy Sweeney didn't have to hold the guy. The play would have happened mm. either way, right? And the fact that Josh and Stefan Diggs are able – are on that – the same page to that capacity mm-hmm. and they're able to get those plays back like they have the, in, in years past – or not years past, but like they have like in the, in the earlier in the season, you know, with the, with the deep threats. And not only that, but another thing that was really encouraging because it was discouraging mm-hmm. was the fact that the offensive line played like hot garbage. Oh, my God. Specifically the tackles. Uh, Spencer Brown and Quisenberry did not have a good day. Um, and they were still able to absolutely throttle the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots had no shot. They had no chance at any, I mean, the first touchdown, you got a little worried maybe, um, just because of how good Mac Jones and that offense looked on that first drive. I was a little, well, yeah, after the last couple of weeks, we've kind of been like feeling like that where you're like, yeah. oh, no, is this going to be one of those type of games? And then exactly. like they tightened up. So, yeah. Right. And, you know, that gave a little cause for concern. But at the end of the day, the defense was able to go out there and shut him down with no Von Miller, uh, you know, with no Kyrie. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it was really encouraging, like I said, because the tackles were so bad. And they were still able to win convincingly mm-hmm. on a team that's not bad. I don't care what Ryan Clark says or whoever. This team is not bad. They're, okay, they're average. Yeah, like that's sure. what they are. They're like an average. Like they've gotten above average defense, but because they have a below average offense, they middle out at average. But that defense. You can't discount what the Bills were able to still do against that defense. You can't just say because they didn't have Christian Barmore on the line. Like, I've seen some people that are like, oh, well, you didn't go up against the true. Like, they still had God Chow. They had Uche. They had uh, Judon. Like, it's about not going up against the real team, bro. We don't have, like, 20% of our starting lineup. I, I know. Like, it's <laughs> I, I don't understand why people always want to try to discount, you know, this, this, literally this New England Patriots team just went head-to-head and, like, with the Vikings last week. And it was yeah. like, oh, my God, that was – such a great game. This should have won if yeah. not for that touchdown catch that was called back. It was a touchdown. Yeah. So it's like, all right, well, you know, I and maybe we can talk about it a little bit more, but the last three three games, right? So the Patriots, the Lions, and the Browns. I don't know what it is. We 
are getting like destroyed for not absolutely blowing out these teams for some reason. People are like, how dare you guys gut out wins against these teams that they're not bad. I know the lions have been bad for like, as long as I and my father have been alive, but like, and maybe his father. Happy to see Yeah, no, they're, yeah, they're, I mean, they were scrappy last year, but this year they're, they're a decent team, dude. Like they're still in that NFC playoff hunt. That's how, like, I, I just don't understand why everybody wants to try to discount every win that the bills have when it's just kind of like, yeah, they didn't blow them out, but these three teams, they're no slouches. These are teams that on any given Sunday can punch you in the mouth and win. So why that really bothers me. Is because they always compare the Bills and Josh Allen to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, right? Sure. You look at the Chiefs, and they beat the, the <clears throat> excuse me, they beat the Chargers by three points. They lost to the Colts. Yeah. They beat the Buccaneers, who don't look like a good. They a just good like team to forget right about now. that loss, though. Just, yeah, for sure. They don't exactly. like to bring that one up. Like the Colts are in disarray right now. Yeah. Uh, that was the Frank them. Wright Colts too. Yeah, they beat, the, they beat the Buccaneers by 10 points. They beat the Raiders by one point. The Raiders suck. They beat, yeah. or they lost to us. Um, you know, they beat the Titans by three points. They beat the Jaguars by 10 points. They beat the Chargers again by three points. And it's like, y'all want to bag on us for beating the Browns and the Lions and so-and-so by Wait, They're this winning one-score games, Justice. Exactly. They, you, you, three, four weeks ago, y'all were saying we couldn't win one-score games. Now we win in one-score games, and now it's a problem. You know, so it, it, it's like you can't get it. But, you know, last thing, um, last sure. thing I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, the thing that really also makes me encouraged about this Bills team is the fact that I would rather there is no other time, no other point during the season where I'd rather them go through a lull than the middle of it. Right. Beginning of the season, I want to see you start off fast because if you start off slow, ah, my heart's gonna be broken. Right. Um, you know, if you if you start if you end the season slow, you're not gonna look great in the playoffs, right? Um, you know, you look at the Bills offense and they make plays all the time, right? They split they drive the ball down the field. And then somebody will randomly fumble or a tip pass and it'll be mm. interception or Josh will just make an awful decision, right? Yeah. Um, I prefer that over a team that gets stopped because it they get blanketed all over the field and they can't make anything happen. At least I know my team can move the ball, right? Do I mm. want to see the turnovers, you know, cut down quite a like all of the way? Yeah, absolutely, for sure. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it makes me it makes me feel better about the team because in the playoffs, you know, when you got to be your sharpest, hopefully they will, you know, be cognizant enough mm-hmm. to hold on to the football. You know, Josh will be cognizant enough to try to avoid a defender's, you know, arms that, that are reaching up to try to, you know, knock down his pass. Or, yeah. you know, Josh will be more hyper-focused and not throw the ball right into the defender's arms because that's, that's really where they, you know, struggle is a random fumble by somebody or, you know, Josh just makes a bad play. And, yeah. you know, we saw last year that in the Pell season, it just didn't happen. There was no fumbles. There was no random, you know, miscue. None of it. They just absolutely went out there and dominated. If anything, they lost in that divisional game because 
Brian Dayball was bugging out in the first half. He just yeah. he was just like, yeah, let's run the ball here. Just run the ball under center three times in a row and just waste his drive completely. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I, that encourages me. It tells me that the Bills will be just fine as long as they can hold on to the football. Yeah, and I I love what you brought up at the beginning is you always, like, if there's going to be a lull, I would rather it be somewhere in the middle of the season or maybe even at the beginning because sometimes you have it at the beginning and then you start to turn into the team that you're going to become. Uh, and it's kind of the same thing. Depending yeah, but on the only reason is. I say not the beginning is because everybody's so hype at the beginning of the season. And everything oh, is over emotional. And we we thought it was going to be like an undefeated season, uh, you know, because of how we were blowing mm. people out. So, like, I like that feeling and feeling good yeah. and feeling like we were the best team. If we would have came out and been like two and three or something and then got to eight, nine and three, mm. uh, I don't know how. It I, I would have understood it, though, because we've got a first year play caller, you know, like. I, I would he started out hot off out of the gates yeah. and then teams started to figure him out. So it's kind of like, you know, what, whatever way, I mean, however we got to nine and three, whatever, but kind of like, you know, at least we didn't have this lull at the beginning of the season. And that's only good for us because that's when we played our hardest stretch. So with that, now we've got all these tiebreakers over all these teams that are now leading in the AFC. So that's better for us. And yeah, this is probably where I want to have my lulls where I have losses against an NFC team and the Vikings, which doesn't matter at the end. Like the only ones that matter are the Jets one and the Dolphins one. And honestly, the Jets one in a couple of weeks might not even like you might not even be worrying about the Jets. Well, and the, I mean, it could be the same thing with the Dolphins, too. And, of course, we'll talk about that towards the end with around the AFC. But, you know, kind of where the Bills are positioned right now, this is where the best teams always become their best selves, right? The Patriots, every single time they went into the playoffs, this was the time to see. They would lose in October, September and October, and people would be like, oh, my God, this team sucks. And then they get it together, tighten up, and then they go into the postseason. Hell, we did it last year, you know? We tightened up after that Bucks game, and we treated every game like a playoff game, went right into the playoffs, and we looked fantastic until there were 13 seconds left. So it's just kind of like I this season right now, maybe it's not the undefeated that a lot of people thought it was going to be, but I think right now if this Bills team, they're getting it back together again. Josh is getting healthy. The team's relatively healthy outside of Deion Dawkins and, you know, Vaughn Miller. And we're going to talk about Vaughn Miller here too, because that was some news that dropped literally like before the game yesterday. Yeah. So uh, we'll talk about that, but you know, there's somebody that I'm sure you want to talk about because I, I saw, I saw those uh, Twitter posts right there. And And it's a polarizing issue. Is it anymore? I see I, it right. shouldn't be. It, it shouldn't, shouldn't be though. It should it not be. Shouldn't be though. Um, you know, yesterday on this show it's not, but yeah, it's right. Like... <laughs> uh, uh, yesterday I scoured the internet for an apology form, and uh, I came across a Rajan Rondo one, and <laughs> I edited it out and I refilled it in, and I put Tremaine Edmonds, which is why. At the bottom, it says this first ballot Hall of Famer. Do I think Jermaine Evans could be a first ballot Hall of Famer? Sure. Am I play like like, this? Yeah, but am I like putting that on him? No, I'm not. That that was just 
I saw that late after I'd already posted it. So I'm not mm-hmm. like designating he's going to be a first battle Hall of Famer. But you people, most of you, owe Tremaine Emmons an apology, if we're being completely honest. Um, the way he has played this year has been absolutely phenomenal. And Matt Milano as well. But Matt Milano didn't quite get as disrespected as Tremaine Evans. Uh, mm-hmm. And the, the 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 reason why I say y'all owe Tremaine Evans an apology is because even in my comments today, it was some, oh, but he just wasn't playing good. No, no, he's playing fine. He's just defensive line in front of him just wasn't good. And he's got 320-pound, six-foot-five men running at him full mm-hmm. speed every play. What do you expect him to do? You go out there and evade a 325 pound person so that you can tackle a 250 person that's running full speed, you know, just trying to get by you. You know, it's, it's not as easy as you think. You know, now that the defensive line is in front of them, a stout defensive line, a big, heavy defensive line that yes, can actually run stop. They can fill gaps. He can do his job more effectively. And when he can do his job more effectively, you see the results. So you, you take a look at him in coverage. Oh, my God. It was so beautiful watching him in coverage yesterday because all Mac Jones was doing was dumping it down. And every time he, he would look around and just throw it to Ramondre Stevenson. And Tremaine Edmonds was right there. You saw what the team looked like last week without Tremaine Edmonds, and it wasn't pretty. The middle of the field was wide open every play. Tremaine Emmons comes back and shuts it down. Uh, you know, Tremaine Emmons has been balling for a long time now. Uh, people who say they don't want to pay him like a top 10 linebacker. Well, I got news for you. You're going to be unhappy this offseason because uh, the Buffalo Bills are either going to pay Tremaine Emmons or they're going to franchise tag him. One of the two yeah. is happening. He's going to be on his roster next year. So, uh, and, and the worst thing in the world that could possibly happen is that Tremaine Edmonds uh, walks free or is traded or something, and then it ends up in New England or in Pittsburgh or in Miami or even with the Jets. Like, I don't want to see any of those scenarios. Or, God forbid, with the Chiefs. I would cry. Mm. So, you know, you take a look at Tremaine Nemes. You know how I always – not always. Sometimes how I look at the value of a player, I say, how scared of them would I be? If they play for my opponent, I look at guys like Devin Singletary. I look at guys like Tremaine Emmons, and I go, I'd be petrified. That's a, mm. you know, if I had to know that I have to, or my team is responsible for stopping 26, or my team is responsible for trying to find a way to get past 49. Mm-hmm. It, look, uh, Tremaine Emmons is a great football player. He has been for a while now. Uh, you know, people say he hasn't played like the top 16 pick, but. You know, all right, I don't mean to be long with it here, but <clears throat> it was one thing. All right, go off, man. <laughs> one thing that really, really pissed me off, I remember I was talking to this one person. And remember, Josh Allen was was, was picked number seven of the yeah. draft. And Tremaine Edmonds was picked number 16. Mm-hmm. And this guy says, man, Josh Allen is absolutely spectacular, amazing. This is in Josh and, and Tremaine's fourth year. And he goes, Josh is spectacular. He's amazing. And he developed so rapidly. It's crazy. I was like, oh, okay. And so why don't you like Tremaine Edmonds? And he's like, well, he just isn't as good as I thought he'd be by this point. You know, he, 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 you know, people keep talking about his potential and how young he is and all of this Mm -hmm. stuff. And, and I'm like, but you just said that Josh developed quickly. 
So how can you then turn around and say that Tremaine hasn't developed quick enough? It makes no sense. And Josh yeah. is older than Tremaine because Tremaine came yeah. in at like 12 years old. So like, <laughs> <laughs> like what are we talking about? He keeps here? getting younger every single time we every talk time about him. Before talking. you know it, he's going to be like, he came out the womb with shoulder pads <laughs> yeah, on him, okay? Exactly. <laughs> so, but just the contradictory, it, it, it's, it's just been – uh, it, he has not gotten a fair shake. Tremaine Ennis has not gotten a fair shake. And um, I'm glad that he's out here finally proving it. And uh, at this point, I'm just muting some of you people because you mm. sound stupid, if I'm being honest with you. I respect your opinion, but your opinion's wrong. Yeah, Tremaine Edmonds has been a huge part of our run defense all year. And it's just shown like at the beginning of the season we did a show with uh the the bills guys and remember they had us pick who was going to be the uh who's going who's going like the sleeper free agent and yeah and we all well at first it started with me and everybody got mad at me because i said daquan jones and i was like oh come on man but like we all said tremaine Edmonds is finally going to benefit from having a true one technique defensive lineman that's going to plug up gaps so that he doesn't have to make as many decisions on the field and it is showing and all you got to do is look at these last weeks where Tremaine Edmonds has not been on the field the Bills third and long defense has been atrocious the middle of the field is wide open almost every single time what happened in this game I'm pretty sure the Patriots were three for 12 on third downs third down conversions it's just like and that's where the Patriots eat is the middle of the field. And Jermaine Edmonds didn't let him have that. So I just got to say, Jermaine Edmonds, I have never but I've always loved how young he is. I've always said he's got the time to, I've always, you know, kind of thought, well, he has to develop more on the instinctual side, but he's always had not the best situation that he's in and he has to make more decisions. And that's more than what a normal player in his position would have to do. Right. So it's kind of like, I'm not going to knock him for that. And that's why now this year, when all the right pieces are in front of him, you're seeing him go out there and absolutely look like a, a budding star that we're going to have to pay and they will happily pay him. I'm sorry. Like just watching this game and seeing what our defense looked like with Tremaine Evans on the field. I was like, I'm so sad that we're going to have to let Jordan Poyer go because <laughs> we're going to, because we have to pay Tremaine Evans and Ed Oliver. Like, and I'm sure maybe that Bean probably knows the way well, around Hill. He's a Houdini, so. A thing that kind of, uh, we don't have to pay Dawson Knox anymore, or at least not as much as we thought we would have to pay him. So, you know, I mean, but uh, you you know what's funny is people always complain about the whole age thing, which means, sure. and it's like, yeah, but it's a factor. It's a maybe. real thing. He came in at 19 years old, guys, and he yeah. was a good linebacker. He was a good linebacker at 20. He was a good linebacker at 21. He was a Me good the Pro Bowl. Like, yeah, thank you. So you want to say, oh, he's not a top 10 linebacker. Okay, fine. He is 24 years old today. Yeah. Do you know that there are people who are going to be drafted this year that are 24 years old? He's one year older than me. Like, like, <laughs> like there, are, there are people who aren't even going to – Playing yeah. in the NFL yet before they they're twenty four, yeah. and he is already a however many time Pro Bowler, the leader mm-hmm. of his team of the number one defense. By the way, yeah. and he's the leader. He calls the plays. He he runs everything. 
everything runs through him. He controls the middle of the field. Like, if are we like, yes. So, so you you say that oh, this age doesn't matter. His potential doesn't matter. It 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 very much matters. See, the fact that we now have a guy who's playing like an all-pro at the age of 24, imagine what this dude will look like when he's 27, when he's 28. Like, he, he is just entering his prime. So, I listen, look, you can make all the excuses you want. You can say everything you want as far as, oh, he, he didn't do this, he didn't do that. But, look, yeah, Tremaine, you put some respect in Tremaine in his name. I have to look here. Just for, yeah, okay, spin is right at Oliver. Yeah, because they picked up his fifth year. So that's kind of, okay. So everybody's talking about we're going to have to pay Oliver. I guess they could probably get around the payment when they introduce the fifth year option into it, and then they can play gymnastics there. I'm not going to crunch the numbers. I'm not Greg Tomset. Uh, that's kind of that's kind of their job over there. They do all that, uh, the hoops and stuff. But, you know, we're talking about young players and, you know, Tremaine Edmonds, you know, he's got a lot of flack. He's developed into a player that we I could not imagine this defense being without our first round pick this this year. You know, I banged the drum for a corner. It didn't matter. Like, of course, I wanted Andrew Booth Jr. I like I, I just wanted a corner so bad because I was like it. I, I thought it was a true need. Right. And then when you look at Dane Jackson's stats this year, I mean, it kind of feels like maybe we, we did need to. But what happens? Well, Kyher Elam gets announced as a healthy scratch. Right. So I'm going to play. uh uh, both sides here first of all if this was truly uh an elam being benched situation for them saying well we wanted to see what we had with xavier Rhodes," that is complete bullshit yeah that's a bad excuse like i'm and i'm sorry to use the curse language but you wanted to see what you had in xavier Rhodes. you can just go look at his tape <laughs> so right. you know what he is what <laughs> like if you're if you were going to bench anybody, bench Dane Jackson, who's been getting absolutely toasted the last three weeks. Like, Elam has not put anything on film that makes you look at him and go, he deserved to get benched. He's not. He's actually performing better than almost every other corner that was picked in the draft this year outside of Sauce Gardner. Like, he, it's quiet every game. Elam and I'm there was that post that was on Twitter where somebody has the PFF analytics of what he's given up on how many targets. And it's just like you look at that and you go, they benched that guy. So I I get really tired of this every single year. If that truly was if McDermott, if we have to take him at face value, if him saying we wanted to see what Xavier Rhodes could offer us, so we benched our first round corner. It just perpetuates this narrative that I've always had that the Buffalo Bills will always prioritize veterans over rookies. And Sean McDermott will never put a rookie in a position where if he's not comfortable with it at all, even if the rookie is performing well, he still is uncomfortable having him in that position. Just look at that year where Frank Gore kept getting all those touches when Devin Singletary, every single time he got the ball, seemed to be the more dynamic playmaker. And they were like, no, we're going to keep Frank Gore as the starter. Like, I I just, these decisions, 
every city. I mean, Milano had to fight to get brought in, like, and finally play. It's a pattern. Like, a couple, one time it's an occurrence, multiple times it's a pattern. And, I mean, you got to live, live with it if it's McDermott. But if that's truly what you think of Kyir Elam is we're going to play, we're going to play, we're going to play a, a washed Xavier Rhodes over Kyir Elam, who, guess what, isn't a bad tackler. Somebody tried to say, oh, well, they wanted to just have somebody who was a sure tackler out there against the run game. And it's just like, what, has Elam had a terrible tackling percentage this year? No. Like or that's just a terrible the old excuse. man coming off injury, or the yeah. dude who's big and huge and fast and strong. Yeah, I. But you know, it, so if I have to take McDermott at his face value right there, that's a terrible excuse, and it should. But what we heard actually, and kind of this is kind of some you know behind baseball stuff. I'm sure other people saw this too, is that because he's coming off of that uh, that injury. They don't have him on the injury report. So if they said that he was, you know, not playing because he was dealing with an injury, they could get in trouble with that. Letting him just heal up one more week coming from that injury. So that's why McDermott has to play the games and say, oh, we just wanted to see what Xavier Rhodes could offer us. Because if he says, well, actually, you know, we didn't think he was 100% ready. Okay, why wasn't he on the injury report? then? Like you didn't. So... That's kind of that's what I think it actually was, because with Benford being out, I don't see why, you know, Elam would not get that opportunity to play across from Trey just like that. Like that's this is a game too where even if you did want to start Xavier Rhodes, like you you bench a dude like Dane Jackson and you let that CB4 be Elam. And then you rotate him with Xavier Rhodes whenever at the end of the game, you're blowing him out by two scores. Then you don't have to worry about, oh, we've got this in the bag. So I, it just pissed me off when I saw that the other day because, you know, you invest a first round pick and then you've got a Joe DiBiase on Twitter uh, saying these people were picked after Elam and he's like George Pickens and all that stuff. And I'm, and I, and I'm looking at that and I go, I, I, I look at that and I'm like, well, guess what? George Pickens probably would have been benched too in the same situation. Like that's just what McDermott does. So I, I don't know, man. What did you think about it when you saw that Elam was a healthy scratch? Um, yeah, I was with you and or Spence or mm. uh, Spence, excuse me. Spence, um, oh, did Spence say something? I'm not looking at the comments. Yeah, he says, uh, you know, Elam had to be punished for something. Yeah, that could be uh, maybe being late or something. I don't know. Yeah, something like that, right? I figure it has to be one of those reasons. Um, but don't they usually list that as like personal reasons or something like that? Whenever actually, it's a punishment actually, like that, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I figured mm-hmm. it had to be either something uh, disciplinary or something under the radar that that people mm-hmm. don't know about, uh, like an injury uh, that that was undisclosed. So yeah. you know, that that makes perfect sense. But I'm gonna be completely honest. I didn't hate it. You know, I wasn't like super mad at it. Um, I I feel honestly, I feel more comfortable with two veterans out there with Trey White and Xavier Rhodes. Like I'm looking at that, I'm like, I feel comfortable with that 
and then you onboard Elam. Like you don't have to have him starting, but when you've got Dane Jackson, who's been looking like absolute buns, I'm sorry, he's not a. But he's had to play CB one though. That's why. That's why his numbers look terrible, right? But yeah, uh, for me, it wasn't. It wasn't even necessarily about being comfortable with like the veterans, which I I mm. do understand that because that was you know one of the things when we talked to you know uh, Greg Thompson, um and. You know, who? The guy who always talks to Aaron. I'm sorry, Greg. Uh, Aaron? Aaron. Yes, Aaron. <laughs> you said Aaron. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So you're talking well, about Aaron. When okay. we were talking to, to Greg and Aaron, we talked about how it would be more comfortable if we had another veteran out there. So, yeah. like, yes, I, yes, I get that. Um, for me, it was like, I'm not mad at it because I just look at what happens with our our defensive room and our just our team in general and just injuries have been happening like left and right, no. left and right. And so I'm like, you know what? We're gonna need Kyrie Elam for the playoffs. That's why yeah. when when Von Miller got put on IR, I was happy. I was like, good. I good. We have a healthy Von Miller for the playoffs. Like people was like, oh no, you know, the season's dead and all this other stuff and i'm like good um I, I well, you're taking us into of... a new topic justice oh oh no okay cool 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 cool. there you go all right sorry <laughs> all right oh, let me just finish my thoughts on yeah. real quick um i wasn't mad at it because mm-hmm. we're gonna need him for the playoffs yeah right we need to see if xavier rhodes can actually play you know mm-hmm. to the point where you know, he is going to be somebody that can help us in the playoffs, obviously, with the injury to Christian Benford. I don't think Dane Jackson has been playing bad. There's been a couple of times where the receivers got him. But he blankets people. They just make incredible plays on Dane Jackson for some reason. I don't know what it is about Dane Jackson, but people just just turn into Megatron when they line up across from him, which isn't his fault. Yeah. Um you know, because he's always right there. I say it all the time. If the Bills, the DBs, if they had around, we'd have like 80 interceptions this year. You know, um, so that, that's really their only, not only, but that's that's really their biggest flaw. The DBs, including Elam and, um, you know, Jackson and, and Benford was not getting their head around. So I'm mm-hmm. not mad at the Elam benching because I think that he's going to be back. I think that he's going to be an integral part of, our success as a team, you know, as, as we move forward and see, and, and I, I hate the excuse that Sean McDermott gave us a very oh. bad excuse. Um, but I do also agree to a certain extent, we do need to see what Xavier Rhodes can do for us yeah. in, in with meaningful snaps. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't hate it at all. Um, and, and to move into the new topic, since I already mentioned it, I didn't hate the Von Miller IR. What's up? I, I've got one more thing. I finally found that stat thing that I was talking about. Okay. Uh, Ky- so let's see. Kyer Elam versus the Lions. This was his last thing. 13 coverage snaps, one target, zero receptions allowed, 39.6 passer rating allowed. The Bills rookie corner hasn't allowed more than 35 yards in a single game since week five. Wow. So like I said, outside of Sauce Gardner, Kyer Elam has quietly been the number two corner to come out of the draft. And he's not the number one. Like he's just kind of like quietly been rotating with Benford and rotating with Dane Jackson. Like when they do. So like 
he's not seeing the field so often, so there's not as many opportunities for him to maybe get picked on. But he's the man-to-man dude. Like he's our he Trey. I the future scenario for this position has to be at least hopefully with this playing out. I would love for Benford to get transferred into a safety. I would love that. I think his game or linebacker. Is, oh. Yeah, or some something like that. Oh, just God. I I would I would love that. I you you just see it in both of our faces right now. We're like, oh yeah, no, do that. That's gotta be an offseason thing. But it has to be Trey's gonna be your zone guy on one side, and then you got Elam for those man-to-man matchups. And he can do both. So it's kind of like I I think that that needs to be your future. And when I see Elam get benched for these things i have to believe it has to be something else other than his play because his play has not been bad at all to deserve being benched yeah not at all I, he's he's played really well and honestly whenever i see 24 on the field i'm encouraged as opposed to where i see like number three on the field i'm like Ugh. <laughs> uh but you you brought it up right so before the game the other day uh von miller just immediately, you know, we we had heard on the Twitch stream and he was like, no, I'm going to come back for the Jets game, which I so happen to be going to next week. I was so happy. I was like, oh, my God, Von Miller, he's going to be there at the game. Boom, he gets put on IR. And I'm like, oh, oh. And like everybody, I kind of thought, oh, was it a little bit more serious than we all thought? And he got put on IR. Uh, it turns out, I guess Brandon Bean also watched that Twitch stream. <laughs> and he was like uh yeah no we're not rushing you back after one week pal we paid you a ton of money you're gonna rehab that until you're pretty much like absolutely good so we're putting you on ir because they think during this stretch that we'll be fine with it so von miller gets put on ir you were alluding to it a good or bad thing justice yeah man i, I when i when this information first hit the tl um it was crying emojis and sadness mm-hmm. and oh no the season's dead and can the bills <laughs> win a super bowl without von miller and all this other crap we've been and, close the last couple years bro without that him. is oh my <laughs> god bro that's the most annoying stuff i ever heard I in know. my life bro i know if not for 13 seconds dog we we are super bowl champions this year <sighs> we are waxing the Bengals, and then we are waxing the rams, the rams. right so People are saying, can the Bills win the Super Bowl without Von Miller? Yes, they can. They damn near did last year. What are we talking about? Von Miller is one man. Don't get me wrong. Very important, man. But, like, let's relax, okay? He's, he doesn't have the same impact on the game that Josh Allen has. Von Miller, uh, you know, yes. <laughs> okay. All right, Vernon. Vern. 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 Come Vern. on, man. Relax. Relax, okay? Relax. <laughs> Shout out to Vern, though. Um, we'll be talking next week, Vern. <laughs> for sure, right? Exactly. Um, but you know, look, looking at Ron Miller, everybody was so sad and so mad, and all this other stuff. Do I want to see forty on the field every single mm-hmm. play? Every play on defense, is, as far as he is, is, is you know he can make it right. I know they have the whole snap count rotation and all that. Yeah. Perfectly fine with that. We have the talent and the depth for it. But I would like to see forty on the field as much as possible, right? Mm-hmm. However, him being out for four weeks, okay, cool, bro. We are nine and three. Like, who cares? Like, I'm like, bro, we have the the the, the bum Patriots 
And next we got the bum Jets. And then we got the bum Dolphins. Then we got the bum Bears. I don't care. The bum Bears. Sit them them out the rest of the season if you want. I don't care. We got the bum Bengals. And then we got the bum Patriots. All right. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll fight you on the bum Bengals. But, but, but when they said that was the first game that he, I mean, honestly, Justice, the only thing that we have to look at with that Bengals game, right? And I know we're super looking ahead to that. Say the Bills, or if if and when they beat the Jets, they beat the Dolphins, they beat the Bears, right? Say that the Bengals beat the Chiefs, and then they go on their next two games and they win it. That's the last tiebreaker we need. If for some reason. We're kind of not going to be in contention. The only re- the only way I, the Bengals will beat us is if Jamar Chase has a Justin Jefferson game, which he is capable of. But I, I, I would man, hope but T Higgins is good too, man. He's been yeah, showing up the last Jamar two Jamar weeks. Chase. Oh well, no, he's not Jamar Chase. Don't be wrong, that boy is a dog. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? Like I, I just I don't think T yeah. Higgins is going to light us up. You know, Adam Thielen didn't light us up, and I think they're about on the same level there you know me i'd put t higgins slightly above adam thielen mm-hmm. but i think they're in like the same tier they're in that good tier and yeah like, good and t higgins is scratching and clawing at a very good tier yeah and jamar chase okay. and justin jefferson are just like i'm out of my mind tier right well of so, course yeah we'll break that down more in yeah, a couple of weeks when we sure. talk about the so, Bengals. but but i digress yeah. i'd say all that to say Sit Von Miller, okay? Mm-hmm. We don't need Von Miller right now. The only thing we need Von Miller for right now is so that we can have a double-digit sacker for the first time in three decades, right? <laughs> no, he did not. But not yet. Was. Not yet. It's the, That's the end of the season spin. Yeah. Uh, again, nobody would have thought that Geno Smith was going to come out and play and earn a contract. I, I thought because that was he's the biggest def- bet, bro. I really did. I was like, I, man, he got that BS bet. Of course <laughs> no, I, no, I did not, apparently. And, I mean, you said the Bengals aren't going to make the playoffs. I think they win their division and they make the playoffs. I don't remember what Mike said. He said something about Kirk Cousins and uh, yeah. the, they have nine wins or ten yet. wins. So oh, we're, we're all drinking dog water. I'm, I'm betting on it. But, uh, you know, Von Miller being put on IR, yeah. I mean, I pretty much agree with you, dude. Like, he – I saw the thing, and, of course, I was like, oh, he's going to come back against the Jets? Oh, I'm so happy about that. But when they put him on IR, I didn't – understand why everybody was so uh, uh, upset i mean obviously you're upset when you lose a, a player the caliber of von miller but like to be like oh woe is me our our season's over we're done it's like dude are, what what are you talking about like he was just kind of like a little bit of icing on the cake of something we needed right sure. so like uh, this team still it's it's Josh Allen. As long as you have Josh Allen, dude, your team's not dead. This isn't the Trent Edwards Bills. You're not dead if you lose your superstars. Uh, like It's like it, in Von Miller, they're doing it out of caution. And I 100% agree with Bean. You save Von Miller from himself because these guys, they got that. I mean, everybody says, but they got the dog in them, right? They want to be out there. They want to play. So... It's just kind of like when he's like, oh, I'll be back next week. And you see, like, uh, maybe maybe we should actually have him rest. Putting him on IR saves him from himself. So, yeah, I 100% think that that and, is. And I actually, that's a great point. I, mm. I actually like it. I like yeah. the decision by McDermott. Because when I heard lateral meniscus and, and all this other stuff, yeah. he was like, I'm eyeing a two-week return. 
And I was like, oh, cool. I'm glad that he's okay, and I'm glad he'll be back. Two weeks, yeah. ugh, that feels a bit soon. Yeah. You know? So I'm, I'm glad that he is going to have to take the extra three mm-hmm. games. Or extra yeah, three. and the lateral meniscus isn't something that just heals, right? It's not like it's it's something that they surgically have to go in and clean up and kind of, you know, monitor and stuff like the that. Like, yeah, and a surgery – would end the season so if it's not bad which in the case of von miller it it doesn't seem like it's going to be anything too severe but it's something at the end of the season he will go in and get cleaned up so that he's good next year but yeah i uh i i 100 think that's a good idea and because we got a couple more uh to- actually we have we still have a like four more topics to talk about let's let's go through this one john brown Brought back to the practice squad. He got activated yesterday. He was activated, and uh, that how do how do you feel? Like obviously he was one of the cuts. We let him go. I mean his his time in Buffalo ended because we were kind of like, all right, the injuries were starting to pile up, which was something that he had a problem with before he came into Buffalo too. Was kind of like the knack on him was he's really good, but he gets injured all the time. So, like, then he came to the Bills, and he was actually relatively healthy for the most part. And then that last season, he's just getting hurt. And that's when the, that's the season Gabe Davis starts to kind of come in at that uh, wide receiver two spot, and you're kind of like, oh, this guy can hold down the fort here. And then John Brown comes back, and he makes plays, and you're like, oh, that's why John Brown is wide receiver two. And then they're just kind of like the injuries pile up again. They're like, all right, let's go get Emmanuel Sanders and then the same bug hits Emmanuel Sanders for some reason. It's like the gods wanted Gabe Davis to be wide receiver too. So it's I. So John Brown gets signed back to the practice squad. Everybody was super excited about it. How did you feel when you saw that John Brown was signed back? Yeah, man, I, I was I was happy to see it. Um, it, it was cool, you know. To see you, I mean, uh, we signed somebody a couple weeks ago. Oh, AJ Klein. Yeah. You know, it's cool to see guys, AJ Klein, your John Browns, your Jordan Phillips, your Shaq Lawson. It's it's cool to see people wanting to come back, first of all. Yeah. And it's cool to I think we got back Seren. No, not Seren, who's the other Dean Marlowe. Um, yeah. you know, guys who know the system, you mm-hmm. know, and I think that is really what it most importantly is, is that they know the system, they know the culture, they know what's yeah. expected, uh, they know how to <clears throat> they know how to prepare uh, and, you know, they know what's expected of them. So I look at that and I look at John Brown and I say, all right, he was integral to the mm-hmm. ascension of Josh Allen, right? 100%. Uh, him and Cole Beasley, we owe the world to those guys, right? Uh, that that last season before Emmanuel Sanders came in, I mean, he, he wasn't a slouch. He was still really good. Or not really good, but he was still he was still effective for us. He still yeah. made plays. He was still spreading the field, uh, you know, and he was still a deep field threat. You know, now you look at him, you come in, we don't have a ton of receiver depth. Okay. And so you bring in a guy who knows the system, you bring in a guy who who knows what's expected of him, and you know, he he can go out there and I don't think he has no gas in the tank. I'm sure he can go out there and be, you know, be effective mm-hmm. in some way. Uh, even if it's just a mentor, uh, uh, you know, a, Sha- a Khalil Shakir, you know, mm-hmm. or someone like that and help them out a little bit. He's uh, just a good guy to have in the room. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So when I look at this, I, 
yeah, I, I'm happy with it, you know, and and in any way it helps. I think that uh, you know, I'm confident that McBean know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh uh just to answer Spin's question, yeah, he actually was out on the field for a couple of uh, when they had four wide and was then they really? ended up running the ball. Yeah, he was out on the field, he didn't get any targets though. So that that's kind of the thing. They just kind of had him out there to keep the the defense honest, but he yeah. didn't he didn't really do anything. Uh but yeah, no. I when I saw that he was signed back, I mean, you can't help but think back to how it kind of ended and then I know a lot of people don't remember what uh was said. Like he got interviewed right after they let him go and he was kind of like I would think that Josh Allen was going to, you know, say something and keep one of his uh, weapons in Buffalo. And we were all kind of like, Oh, that's not Josh Allen's decision, man. Like, like he said that, I, that was kind of like a dude, you were not injured, only that, and, you know, that was, that. that was second year Josh Allen. Like, yeah. Like, like he had, like he had no pull there. So that kind of left a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth, but I never thought John Brown, the player and what he offered to the team was not something that, you know, we didn't need. So the fact that, when we signed him, I was like, oh, that's cool because we have been elevated. <laughs> like, we've been having Tanner Gentry and Jake Kumaro being that last wide receiver that we are having called up on game days. John Brown is an instant upgrade over those dudes. Yeah. I'm sorry. If John Brown way, is healthy, Jake Kumaro, give that man 15 back. You take 16. Yeah. Seriously. Let's. Yeah. Uh, fans took what john brown said way out of context yeah i mean i just know the one the one thing that i read but uh, i'd have to i'd have to pull it up so i didn't realize there was anything like that i'll i'll read i'll read the whole obviously you probably have to listen to the whole interview to because they probably took the one clip that everybody read out of context but yeah no uh john john brown i'm just kind of like he's a speed dude if he's healthy it's just another weapon that the bills can use do I expect him to be the John Brown that was like one of our main weapons anymore? No, I don't like he couldn't really stick with any other teams. I kind of just feel like they brought him back because he has familiarity with Josh. And if he is healthy and he does have that speed, that's something maybe we could utilize deeper into the season. So all of that to say, John Brown got signed. I saw a bunch of people then going like, Oh, this means OBJ is not coming to Buffalo anymore. As soon as they signed John Brown. It was in the the comments section. And so that's all OBJ visiting Buffalo this weekend. Obviously he's coming and (laughs) you know, them the same people, they said that uh, I would apologize to Jermaine Edmonds, but he only played one good game. Them the same people. They the same people. I swear to goodness. Those are the same people that also are like, oh, our season's over because Vaughn Miller got injured. So it's like, you know, they're always overreacting. I saw John Brown got signed. I'm like, this literally has no impact on OBJ. None like, at all. Like, this is just a depth signing. But OBJ visiting real, Buffalo. Real, real quick, before we yeah. move on to OBJ. Go ahead. Get over the top and use that speed. You'll see it again here. Turning the hips. Great route by John. <laughs> just, just wanted to see that real quick. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, but yeah, no. So OBJ visiting Buffalo, obviously he's coming. I think they said, what is it tonight or is it tomorrow? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, because I know he was with the Giants this morning, but I don't know if it was like a whole day thing. I think they said today was the Giants and he was going to be with the Bills over the weekend until like Sunday. Then like 
Sunday he's going to take a chill day, and then Monday he'll be in Dallas. I don't think – do you think he leaves Buffalo without having a contract? Because Vaughn Miller didn't make it seem like he wasn't. He Like, he was not going anywhere without a contract. Well, uh, see, the thing is, I think he enjoys this. You know, I, I mean, he's clearly enjoying it. Which, <clears throat> by the way, like, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like – if you were a free agent and you were a freelance, I don't know, freaking yeah, uh, freelance contractor or something. Or something. Yeah, 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 freelance contractor. And some of the top companies in the world were dining mm-hmm. you and whining and dining you, trying to get you to come to their company. You wouldn't just pick one and be like, ah, F the rest of you guys. Like, you yeah. hear people out. You want to be, you know, you want to be wanted. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially a guy like OBJ who... You know, New York uh, kind of shunned him. You know, he, he, mm-hmm. you know, Cleveland kind of shunned him. The first time he got real love was from LA. You know, yeah. so I, I don't, I don't hate it. Like, you know, I do the same thing. College players do the same thing. Like, oh yeah, that's what school. recruiting visits are, man. It, like, exactly. So, like, I, I think people are just looking for a reason to hate on OBJ a lot of times. Um, but I, I think that if, if it's a possibility to. Mm-hmm. You know, they, uh, if he if he has no intention or if if he's not really there for like the the whole I, I want to be you know recruited thing or whatever mm-hmm. whatever and he's actually looking for a home and yeah. you know uh, he's looking for the best fit then I'd say yes do not let him leave without a contract mm-hmm. but if he if he wants the tour and. You know, which he's entitled to. More power yeah. to you, man. You worked out every single day of your life for this moment. Like, yeah. bro, go do, go, go have fun. You know, uh, but I would like to see him come back as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So uh he Friday with the Bills. So yeah. that is today. Yeah, so he's visiting. Yeah, so home. he's gonna be here Friday, yeah, like Friday night and Saturday. Uh the big thing about that too is they said that. Uh, he's going to be with Vaughn Miller and they're going to hang out at Josh with Josh Allen. And, you know, I really feel like that kind of whole thing is when I think about OBJ and what his decision is going to be, obviously I'm not Odell Beckham Jr. I don't know what's in his mind. Vaughn Miller makes it seem like he wants to be in a place where he's wanted, but money talks. So like, it's kind of like he's, he's probably also really wanted in, uh, in Dallas. And Jerry Jones is probably going to pull out that pocketbook and write him whatever he wants. Because bringing OBJ to the Cowboys, that's one of those splash moves that makes a ton of headlines. And it's a very Cowboys-centric thing, right? But I think that when when you look at it, too, Von Miller said he also had a, an offer from the Cowboys, too. And he had an offer from the Rams and even the Broncos, you know. And then he goes to Buffalo and he just falls in love with it. And I think that if you're OBJ, you go to the Giants, you're like, I know this is a new system. These are the same facilities that I was in when I was here. Like, we're still out here in the Meadowlands in the middle of uh, absolute nowhere in New Jersey. And just kind of like, I've, I've, I've done this. Daniel Jones doesn't move the needle for me. Like, because unless they're going to offer it up, which their staff is from our staff, basically from our staff they've learned from that i don't see them really going crazy and giving him the super contract he's probably wanting that's a feel-good story but i think 
you have to narrow it down to who are the two teams that are going to give me the best chance to win because it's a legacy thing too. You know, kind of like you go to the Cowboys, having the star on your helmet, that's a big thing. And if Jerry Jones is going to pay you, I mean, like if it's an astronomical difference between playing for the Bills and for the Cowboys money-wise, I mean, I, I'm always saying, go get the bag, dude. Like, it's just, I... I understand that like Chandler Chandler Jones. I know he like, remember that whole situation is like, Oh, it's not about the money. I want to go somewhere where I can win. And he yeah, went where so all the money was. So it's, it's just kind of like sometimes <laughs> now ironically, have... he's not winning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. But he's getting paid. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, I, I think that OBJ, Von Miller, them hanging out with Josh Allen. I feel like if that's the selling point, maybe he doesn't even go to Dallas. If the Bills, their best strategy is not letting him go to Dallas, trying to keep him there, show him the culture, have him meet with the team, get him. I mean, like even after, you know, this game that we just played against the Patriots, they were already asking, oh, OBJ's coming to town when he's and they're like, ah, you know, like, like smile and not like, yeah, you know, whatever, you know, that's kind of something that, you know, we're, we, we know that's going on, but I, I think that they're really going to make their case for him. And I think that it's probably the better decision to come to Buffalo and play with Josh Allen, just from the straight point of like, like you have, you have digs, but kind of like, that's like playing with like a Mahomes, you know, and no shade on Dak. And you you can give it, but he's not he's not some transcended talent at quarterback, you know. Like he's not he's he's kind of a cog in the machine there. With that, he is one of the best game managers ever. Yeah, like he's the cog in the machine that helps that machine run right. Like effectively, Josh Allen is a whole separate machine who throws the ball to other people in a different machine like he is he's the master operator he's the engineer who constructs the machine almost so i i think that it's just a little different uh but i feel like their best chance is probably not letting him go to dallas on monday but obj if it isn't just about legacy and you know trying to continue to be loved if that's what he's if it's not just about money then he would probably sign with Buffalo, but he also has to be smart as a businessman coming off an injury. Who knows how many years he has left and what, what God forbid what happens. And maybe that's why you go to Dallas. What do you think about that? If OBJ really wants to win, he knows where to go. It's not even, it's a no brainer. Do I think the giants are going to be good for years to come? Sure. They, they look like they certainly will be. They have almost no foundation right now, and they're still doing a lot with it. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you can go there and play through a rebuild. You can go to Dallas and play with a team on the decline, or you can go to Buffalo and play with a team who's not on a rebuild and is not on the decline. It's actually on yeah. the incline. So, um, But real quick, Jake, sure. <laughs> I got a little conspiracy theory question for you. Okay? Conspiracy theory, okay. Yes. Oh, let's take you back to April of 2017. Okay. Okay. Joshua Patrick Allen is one of the top touted quarterbacks in the draft. Yes. And all of a sudden, the 
just crazy tweets start being <laughs> the con- the Kanye West lyrics. <laughs> yeah, these, yeah, these yeah. Crazy tweets start being uh, posted from you know six, seven, eight years ago in his life uh, when yeah. he was a kid, and, and he's he's putting saying some some things you shouldn't say, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and everything that comes with that. The Buffalo Bills then trade up to seven mm-hmm. to pick him last week. Odell Beckham Jr. says, my top three teams are the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Bills. Yeah. And then, (laughs) talk about a blast from the past, Jerry Jones has a photo. Oh, my God. Yeah. Of of him standing with white supremacists, Mm -hmm. uh, not allowing access or trying to protest access of of some um, African-American students to be integrated into the school he attended. Mm-hmm. And I say, hmm, those are two mighty big coincidences. <laughs> and I want to ask you, Jake, do you think Brandon Bean is maybe better at the media game than we give him credit for? I would love to say that the Bills just have somebody who's on on the staff. He got staff. all of, got all of got the on every- <laughs> yeah, the little got- for everybody. <laughs> he's like, like the bills know they got a whole filing cabinet of just like everything. Like they're probably full in on that Dan Snyder thing with the Washington Commanders. They got yep. everything. Dude. Like he's that was that was for Jay Z McKissick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was the. Uh, they were the ones that leaked that uh, they weren't paying their taxes or whatever. Like that's just kind of like it's. I don't know why not a lot of people are talking about that Jerry Jones thing. Like, I know some people are, but it's not becoming... I mean, we all know why, but it's it's just kind of like <laughs> Bill, Bill's leaked them tweets. Yeah, they might have. They might have leaked that. They're like, we got to get this Josh Allen guy. I'm just saying, like, it, it makes sense. They were in love with Josh Allen. And yeah. if you're a team who doesn't care about Josh Allen, why would it behoove you to post that? If you're a team that sure. doesn't like Josh Allen, why would it behoove you to post that? It yeah. literally only behooves you to post that to try to tank his draft stock. Yeah. So I, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, are those any worse than Baker Mayfield being arrested and chased by the cops? He still no. got picked number Especially one. You know? like, <laughs> Josh was like, what, 14 years old or whatever. And I yeah. want to point out that that's different from the Jerry Jones thing because – Josh was sending out tweets, song lyrics, yeah. all that crap. Am I saying he was right? No, absolutely not. But mm-hmm. it, it was it was harmless. Yeah. What Jerry Jones and those people were doing were actively trying to like yeah. change history, right? Yeah. Or keep history the same for mm-hmm. all intents and purposes of what it used to be. Like that is actual racism. I'm not saying yeah. Jerry Jones was involved. I don't know. Of course he was a kid, yes. But do I think Jerry Jones is the most minority friendly person in the world from his no. actions? No, no, I don't. Way. I, I don't think so. Do I think Josh Allen is you know he's a dude from Texas in the oil industry? If you think that he doesn't have a racist bone in his body <laughs> because he owns a football team, you are <laughs> you and, are and, naive. And, <laughs> you look at Josh's tweets. They were he just said 
you know, he was quote, he was like stuff. quoting song lyrics and yeah, stuff. Yeah, he, he was just know? saying so. stupid stuff. It wasn't yeah. even anything against like a certain yeah. demographic of people. Huh. This was like blatant racism, right? As yeah. far as Jerry Jones is concerned. And you so, can't just say that. Oh, everybody back then was racist. No. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, that's what we were trying to change. <laughs> yeah. Right. So so I just I just before people start trying to equate the two, they're not even sure. in the same yeah. ballpark. All right. Um. But yeah, I just thought that was interesting because uh, mm. a very peculiar timing for for both of those. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I, I again mean, just with a, OBJ, I I loved exactly what Spin said right uh, when he said OBJ is an immediate wide receiver too with the Bills and will be a focal point. I think that's true. I think that that's how you sell him, right? You're like, oh, you don't have to you know, compete for the wide receiver two spot. Look, I love Gabe Davis. OBJ is immediate wide receiver two. Okay. Like you doesn't even, you don't have to blink it. You know, what's cool, Jake is he doesn't even have to have the like responsibility of wide receiver two off the rip because he is Mm -hmm. coming off injury. He's coming off CL injury. Right. So to know that you have a Gabriel Davis to fall back on for wide receiver two until Odell is ready to take the reins is even more incentive. Yeah, I mean, just the flashes that Gabe Davis has had is just kind of like you you have to be like, if that dude is uh, eventually if you get OBJ, this is my problem too is, uh, and we can talk about this a little bit. Uh, what 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 do we expect from wide receiver twos anymore, right? Because I feel like Gabe Davis still as a wide receiver two Based off of what used to be a decent wide receiver, too, is sometimes above what you would normally expect from it. And but now with a bunch of teams almost having two wide receiver ones, you know, look at the look at the the Bengals. Man, I know you don't view T Higgins as kind of that guy, but I think T Higgins. No, is I like T. Higgins. Pretty, I don't. Yeah, like I. I mean, I think Joe Burrow. Yeah, it's it's like Jamar Chase, T Higgins. You look at the Jets; they have Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore. Like you, these teams that have these dudes that are kind of like okay, you've got uh, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Like, I I know everybody then wants to be like, okay, well, look what these guys are doing as a wide receiver too. When in reality, that dude is a wide receiver one in the most cases where it's like, what is wide receiver two anymore? Is the new expectation that you need two dudes who produce like a wide receiver one? Is that what it needs to be? Because if you look at wide receiver two, based on what it has been historically, Gabe Davis is not like, you can't be like, he is not a wide receiver two in today's NFL. Hold on. Let's, let's, let's get one thing clear about Gabriel Davis. Okay. Gabriel Davis is playing absolutely spectacular. He's on pace for a thousand yards. If you take away the drops, Gabriel Davis is playing like a wide receiver one. Dude, and some of the ones that then get counted as drops, like this game, when you play the one where it's coming off his fingertips and stuff because he can't, Josh doesn't put it in the exact right spot, that gets considered a drop. Like, but it's like, no, sometimes the ball placement isn't there. So it's just like, Gabe Davis has had games where he does exactly what Spin just said. Wide receiver two should be someone that has the ability to take the pressure off wide receiver one. And 
now that's where we start getting into the question of, is it Gabe Davis? Is Gabe Davis the reason why there's no pressure coming off of the Stefan Diggs? Or is it because Ken Dorsey isn't a coordinator who's scheming all these other wide receivers open to take that pressure off of Diggs? So, yeah. Yes. Gabe I Davis. Is I think he is taking pressure off of Diggs. I, I think, like I said, the only issue I have with Gabriel, he's getting open. He's yeah. he's making plays. Uh, you know, he's getting separation. Um, he, he's doing everything right, except there are times where he just doesn't look the yeah. ball. Mm. So I, I'm not here to, like, villainize Gabriel Davis. Do I get pissed off? Absolutely. I oh, yeah. take when he drops some of those passes. Mm. But – if I'm being objective, when I look at Gabe Davis' film, I say, oh, that guy's good. That, that guy is getting separation. That guy is running away from defenders. He's good. He just drops a couple passes. That's all. Okay, uh, Roy, if this, that, this is – That's not all Gabriel Davis' That's not on Gabe Davis. How many targets is he getting in comparison to that? That's, that's great, the thing. Caveman so, actually said it on Wednesday, on, on Sunday in February. He was talking mm-hmm. about how – how absolutely irrelevant Dawson Knox is in this offense. Oh my! And God. he is like, but it's not Dawson Knox's fault. Dawson Knox has been consistent. He's been as consistent as we wanted him to be. He doesn't have the drop problem anymore. It's not like he's missing crazy wild blocks. Like it's just the ball is not getting thrown to him. He is a right now. He's a dump off option. Yeah. They're not sending him upfield. They're not sending him up the seams. He's a dump off yeah. option. That's yeah. not his fault. Just like that's not Gabriel Davis's fault. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I get mad with Gabe Davis again. His, his drop percentage is, well, it's like 55 or so. He's got a 55% uh, like a catch rate or catch percentage. So the, the median, the median for a wide receiver too is like 63. So he's like, he's like, he's like down at 55. And yeah, he's had some balls that I'm just like, oh, Gabe, you got to pull that in, man. Like, that one against the Jets when Sauce Gardner's hanging all over him, he needs to catch that one because it hits him right in the numbers. But it's also like when you got a dude falling down all over you, like pulling, like sometimes it's just hard to reel that one in. So it's, I, I really feel like that, yeah, Gabe Davis, it's, I think it's a product of, yeah. And I, I love exactly what's been said, you know, kind of, he's not, he's not your, He's not your dude that you're immediately throwing the ball to, right? Like he's your dude that when he gets downfield, he makes plays. So I, I just don't, I, every single time somebody goes, Oh, Gabe Davis is dropping ball. Do you think that's the reason why we were losing those games? Because everybody likes to demonize somebody, somebody, one thing, Gabe Davis having a 55% catch uh, percentage is not the reason why we were losing games. <laughs> like it's the reason why we were losing those games. If I'm being candid, my name, my Twitter handle is mm. JA 17 MVP. Mm. Josh Allen, 17 MVP is my Twitter handle. The reason we lost those games is because Josh Allen wasn't Superman, which shouldn't always be expected to be Superman. That's not fair to anybody. Yeah. But if we're being honest, it's because he wasn't Superman. He was actually playing a little bit below his station. And and it cost us a few games. But, you know, at the same time, as an offensive coordinator, you need to know how to produce yeah. offense if your quarterback 
isn't able to be, you know, Superman yeah. at, at any given point. Which is why you need to have an established run game. And yes. that's where I feel like maybe that's where we're going with this. I love that you immediately brought up Alan Dorsey. That was another thing that we we have. The, who Who's to blame for the offensive woes from the second half of the Green Bay game to basically coming into this game where, you know, it seems like they're kind of getting it together. Like, <laughs> I love it. Alan was playing like Robin, not Batman. Know. He was playing like Martian Manhunter. He was like character, but not you know one of the top ones. He's like Green Lantern. He's yeah. like one of the like one of the big big dudes, but he's not like he's not Superman, you know. Yeah. So yeah, and and I like Spin too. It's it's the O line, but my little brother was bringing that up the the other day too, uh when we were sitting there watching. He's like, dude, our O line is just. He's like, I I didn't agree with him on this. He's like, why? Why do we not ever address the O-line? I'm like, no, that's not the problem. We do address the O-line in the offseason. We brought people in. It just doesn't stay healthy. And honestly, if you look around the league this year, I forget who I was listening to who was talking about it. It might have been One Bills Live or maybe it was Joe Marino, one of those. Uh, They were talking about offensive lines across the league this year. Injuries are up against all offensive lines. So it's not just the Bills. But yeah, I think Dorsey, you have to adjust for the fact, like Spin said, when you know your offensive line, you got to get the ball out quick. You got to dial up stuff. Like that was the one thing that I think Dayball really learned towards the end when we had Feliciano and Ike Botker and guys like that playing. Like he he kind of made it to where Josh got the ball out quick, made quick decisions, and you didn't have to. Now Josh Allen, it feels like with this offensive line that we have when it's all banged up, he's still sitting back there trying to wait for something to open up downfield. And that's when you're going to make the most, uh, because he's having to run out of the pocket. So yeah, our O-line is fine. We have Bobby Hart. Bobby Hart was absolute garbage. The snaps he had to play, uh, last night, but you know, hopefully, uh, Deion Dawkins comes back just fine. And even, I mean, that I, I talked to my older brother, you know, Dion hasn't been looking real, real good this year either. So it's kind of, when you have both your tackles, Spencer Brown and Dion and, or whoever has to play over there, not playing well, especially on Josh's blind side. Oh man, that's just, I mean, that's a recipe for disaster. So we, we definitely need to step up in, in that case. But I, I know Bobby Hart couldn't have been worse than uh, Questenberry. The thing that I will get Bobby Hart is they've actually been bringing him in. as like a jumbo tight end to come in and yeah, block. And ball. yeah, honestly, that's good. But when he has to play straight up left tackle, no, it's, it's hot garbage. But when he gets brought in there for an extra lineman like that, that's that that's when Bobby Hart is at his most effective, which is weird saying, but just kind of like, talking about Allen or Dorsey, who do you think would, do you think it was Dorsey Allen or a combination of both? Oh, it's, it's 1 million percent a combination of both. Actually, you know what? Heavy is the head that wears the crown, right? Mm. So this to me is more of like a Sean McDermott or Ken Dorsey conversation, right? Because Josh Allen is, but a man, he is, but a player (laughs) on the football field. He is one eleven. Just because he plays like 5'11s does not make him 5'11s. He's yeah. still one out of 11, all right? Um, and like I said, if if your guy, God forbid, Josh Allen is injured, what the hell do you do? Do you go send Case Keenum out there and expect him to play like Josh? 
No. So with an injured Josh Allen or Josh Allen that isn't playing to the level that you expect from him, if, if he isn't playing the same way, do you just keep going out there and sending him out there and hoping for you know him to magically yeah. kick it back up? Like, no. You need to make adjustments. You need to figure out how to produce offense when your guy doesn't have it. And he, he didn't have it for a little while. And, I mean, look, look, bro, he's been playing lights out out of his mind for like two and a half years now. Yeah. I, okay. He, he, he's been afforded a lull. Like, like seriously, let's, yeah. let's be honest. Like, he, he's produced 80% of the touchdowns for this team since 2020. Since 2020. Yeah. So, like, are, are we really about to sit here and judge Josh Allen because he isn't playing like Jesus? Like, he – and plus, when, when we think he can get back to that point, and it's the middle of the season. These games, I mean, yes, every game counts, but like, you know, you know, some games mean more than others, if we're being mm-hmm. honest, right? And so I look at it and I say, it's Ken Dorsey's fault. Mm-hmm. Because Ken Dorsey is in charge of the offense. Sean McDermott really doesn't, from my understanding, doesn't really touch the offense or mm-hmm. have extremely a ton to do with it, right? So if you're looking at Ken Dorsey, you 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 have to make adjustments. He's a rookie yeah. offensive coordinator, so I'm not gonna be too hard on him. I understand it's a learning process, but at the same time, you have to be comfortable with being able to make adjustments. You have to be comfortable with being able to tell your guy, "Hey, you don't got it today. You know, let's run the ball today." Yeah. You know? And I I that was exactly what I had to think. I was not gonna blame Allen for it at all. Did Allen make some questionable decisions? Yes, but did Dorsey do anything to be like, okay, let's let's adjust from the just today? Josh Allen didn't play out of his mind. He played a good game. He had fl- he had the flashes of Josh he had Allen out and, of my mind highlights, but yeah, not a complete game. Yeah, it wasn't like a Josh Allen almost four hundred yard game where he was the whole game. 80% they, they actually implemented the run game. And when they did that, if you can have that, if Josh Allen has a rough game where he's not exactly feeling like himself, it's important to have that. And just speaking of that run game, you know, they had a really good night last night. I'd have to say probably one of the, the, one of the most, not, not as much talked about, things is that the bills are the only team in the nfl who has a hundred yards rushing in every game this season and i know everybody wants to discount it because they're like oh it mainly comes from josh allen it's just yeah it's just josh allen but it's it's like doesn't matter they still have over 100 yards rushing and it wasn't josh allen tonight though and we've had multiple games this year where it's not just josh allen where singletary goes off or this this week Man, James Cook looked good, didn't he? Like, it looked like he was starting to get it. Remember at the beginning of the season, we said, ah, I don't know, maybe you just run, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't even remember who we had at that point. We're like, run Duke Johnson and yeah, uh, Singletary. Right. We're like, run run that. It looks like the moment's too big for James Cook. He he looked like him and Josh Allen had that kind of connection tonight. I don't know if you've seen that play where, he kind of like moves in the direction so Josh Allen can see him behind the line because Josh Allen's like about to go to the left and all the defenders start shifting and James Cook just kind of walks over into where the hole where Josh Allen can see him and Josh just is like, oh, and he throws it down to him. And that's just 
him having great awareness of seeing where Josh is and knowing like, Hey, if I get here, my quarterback is going to see me and I can, and he takes that. And I think he goes for like 16 on that play. Like it's, it's nuts. I, I think that he's continuing to get better. And I mean, just look, he had what 22 touches last night, just on offense in general. So Ooh. like rece- uh, receptions and uh, James Cook. Oh, James Cook. Okay. Yeah. So he rece- had uh, 14 carries and six uh, receptions. So, so 20. 20. 20. So he had 20 and he had over 100 yards of offense. yards. Yeah. Know? Like he's starting to get it. And that's yeah. what we drafted him to be. And that kind of brings us to this question. And I already saw people, oh, you have one good game come out of James Cook. Do we re-sign Singletary? Yes or no? Do we let him walk this year? And I feel like this is a kind of a a complicated question, right? Because it's you kind of have to go based off of okay, well the Bills brought in Naeem Hines and he's signed to a contract for a couple of years. So are they are they going to pay another running back? Do do you think so? I like Singletary. I've liked Singletary since we got him out of FAU, and they wouldn't start him over Frank Gore for some reason. And it's just kind of like I, I feel like we've talked about this so many times of do we re-sign Singletary, but it always keeps getting brought up when other running backs kind of have better days. Do we bring him back? So this question <clears throat> is there's there's some duality to this question right it depends on the context of the question how you ask the question it mm-hmm. could be yes or no right do i think they should resign devin singletary yes i do no. uh and great point spin it'll depend yeah. on how much it costs i think it'll be a lot less than what he's worth uh because they simply haven't used them enough for him to and you know determine the his market, market this year man yeah That's exactly and, and not only that like you that's very true, but not only that, but he hasn't gotten the burn that he should mm-hmm. have gotten in order to command the market that he deserves, right? Yeah. So do I hope they sign seven singles here? Yes, I do, because I still think he's the best back we have on this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I love James Cook? I'm starting to. Uh, do I like Naeem Himes? I've liked Naeem Himes better than Zach Moss since the first punt return, kickoff return, whatever it was, right? Yeah. Um, he he do literally I, does the he literally does the every yeah, single time die, he's about uh, yeah before I he's die, yeah if I die I die like, yeah I I love do that I, do I think they're gonna resign Devin Singletary unfortunately I don't and I think he's gonna end up in like Miami or New yeah. England or Pittsburgh or something and just like become a problem for us for the next five I've always years. said I I told my brother so I thought it was gonna be Jacksonville since he's from Florida. Like okay, he, he yeah, seems yeah. like he could be a Jacksonville running back, you know. Or shoot, he, he grew up with Lamar. He might go down to Baltimore. Oh my God, please don't let him go down to Baltimore. Oh, he could go to Baltimore. That is a Jeez, that is a big Lamar. one, dude. Now we need to sign him just off the strength that he don't do that. Because <laughs> them two, because I'll tell you, they'll give him the burn. in the backfield together. They'll give him the burn. I'll tell you what. Took. Yeah, they gonna yeah. give him burn for sure. A hundred percent. I again. I would like to keep Singletary. This is there's a hot market for running backs this offseason, though, which makes me a little bit like uh, trade Singletary for Dobbins. No, no, 
Hell no. <laughs> I uh I I think that he must be JK and with that because <laughs> I don't I don't want that. <laughs> I I think that Singletary is a good back and I like him. Like I said, I've liked him. I literally am not going to say that again. I liked him since we, we got him that first year and he was playing behind Gore. And I, I think that he's a guy that if they did the traditional thing where you draft these running backs and you just run them and run them and run them. A lot of the time that's when people they're like, okay, well you've served your use to me and now I will not pay you. That's kind of how being a running back is in the modern NFL, unless you're like some transcendent guy, like a Dalvin cook or something like that. That's just an absolute Derrick Henry. Yeah. Dudes that absolutely changes the game, but Singletary hasn't gotten that burn. He's been sharing snaps every single year. That's a really good point. So every single year, whether it was Zach Moss or Frank Gore or this year, now it's, it was Moss. And then Zach, uh, then you get James Cook, and then there was Duke Johnson in there for one game. Like it's like, all right, uh, I uh, and that? and now they have Hines. Like it's just kind of like I, I'm not sure what they would do with Singletary. So if they don't keep Hines, like I know, uh, I think Spin said something. They have an out in his contract. Yeah, I think they have an out after this uh, year. Um, like if if they did that then I could see them re-signing Singletary, but I I just don't know. I think the way that this offense is going, they want shiftier, faster dude. And don't get me wrong, he's shifty. He just doesn't have that speed. When he gets in that open field, dude, like he gets hawked down. And that's the thing that I feel like kills him because when James Cook gets in the open field, that's where, I mean, you, you saw it. He busted through the line last night and it was just like, oh, damn that dude's sneaky fast right and Hines we know he's fast so I think unless they get Singletary on a really budgeted deal and I don't know I think he's probably gone you you bring up really good points everything you said is super valid (laughs) the only thing I would I would say in defense of Devin Singletary there is he is the shiftiest that boy oh yeah no dude yeah cut on yeah sure Cut on a dime, basically, yeah, right? Cut on a dime. Um, cut on a nickel or something, right? <laughs> so, cut on a penny. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the only thing I would say that benefits—not the only thing, but one of the things that heavily benefits Devin Singletary is the fact that if you go back and you watch Devin Singletary on film, he doesn't make mistakes. He, he doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't miss a hole. He he runs through the right hole if there's a hole to be run through. Right. And, and and that's the one thing about this Bills offensive line is sometimes I wish he would cut back sometimes, though. Sometimes he really commits when you're like, oh, if you just cut back right there, you know, you kind of I, I see. I don't I don't see that with Devin Singletary. Really? I see that with like James Cook and, you know, Naeem Heisen. I expect people. that with James I, Cook, though, you know, like being okay, a rookie there. I, I don't but, see that very much with Devin Singletary personally. I, anytime I see Devin Singletary, it may be a couple times I yeah. can think within my head where I wish he would cut back. But yeah. for the most part, he typically makes the first guy miss. And the first guy oh, yeah. is, is rarely ever going to tackle. Oh, so yeah. the, the thing I say is never let the first guy tackle you. That's the rule. Right. If the you're thing I, I say that Devin Singletary gets the benefit of this is the fact that, A, he always hits 
the hole, the right hole, the hole he's supposed to go to, whatever, etc. And he makes something out of nothing very, very often. Uh, there is even more oftentimes absolutely nothing, less than nothing. He gets hit in the backfield, and that's not yeah. his fault, right? But, you know, so you say um, if Devin Singletary gets to the, you know, the uh, open field or the second level, the third mm. level, whatever the case may be, he doesn't have the speed to break away. Yeah. But this offensive line rarely ever allows people to get into open field or to the second or third level. So now, me personally, I'd rather have that production on a 6, 7, 8, 14, 15-yard run versus a guy who can hit a home run but rarely ever gets the opportunity. You know what I mean? Yeah, I – it's it's just such a tough question because in today's NFL you just don't know whether a team is willing to if, if it's three or four million I could see them feeling very comfortable with Singletary and keeping that one two punch of him and James Cook depending on what James we don't know we've seen one good game out of James Cook really like one really good game I think he had another game this year where he actually did yeah. pretty decent as well but like I I I will be I will be curious to see how over these next five games we have left, how how they continue to implement him. Do they ramp him up? Do they really implement him into the offense more? Like, I, I if they do that, then if we're seeing more and more James Cook, that'll piss me off. That, yeah. that'll piss me off. Not because James Cook doesn't deserve it, but because yeah. Devin Singletary has deserved it for the last single. Three. Yeah, because I. I if they're if if they start to give 60 40 uh, 60 40 snaps, right? But it's 60% James Cook when we've been asking for that for Singletary for years since Frank Gore's this is rookie season. Yeah. Yeah. So I I I'm I'm not sure about that. I think they uh Roy says I think they keep Hines over Singletary because they won't have that could be why. Uh you know, and you know they keep Taiwan Jones on the roster, uh, considered a running back. You know, it's just kind of like I don't know. I feel like with with the lack of holes in this roster, I think uh, return man becomes a, a priority this offseason for for Brady. yeah. I really, you know, I've I've actually really liked uh, Hines as the return man. Oh, I do too. But if he is not the the guy, you know what I mean. I I think he's yeah. the guy, and I hope he is the guy. But if he's not. I think they prioritize going and getting someone. Yeah, I I think that too. So we're gonna finish up the show with around the AFC justice. Uh, I I we, we we've got a we've got a couple games to the, the. Usually, if if you did watch the show, we had like basically where we took like forty minutes and we did like the whole around the NFL. Keeping the numbers for that were so confusing of me and Justice every single week having to do that. So we're gonna do a thing. We've got three games. Me and Justice are going to try to, like, we're going to say who we think wins the game, who do we think loses. We're going to pick those three games. And uh, whoever gets the most right out of them gets one point. So uh, we're just going to go into week 13. Uh, We picked three games, right? So we're going to start off with Browns-Texans Justice. Uh, You're going to have Deshaun Watson going to his former team the nfl has buried this game i think nobody outside of uh cleveland or the houston metro area 
is going to be watching this game uh, because the NFL doesn't want anybody to see this game. So um, yeah. So uh, who who do you think wins this game, Browns or Texans? It it only ticks me off because they act like they don't directly like make those decisions. You know what I mean? But anyway, yeah. Uh, Browns Texans. That's actually not a very good game at all. Um, I don't really either want one of them to win. Either of them to win. But I know this isn't about what I want. uh, Yeah. Which is typically how. I, I I pick my games a lot of times. I I try to be hopeful and just hope that the team I want to win wins. Yeah. Uh, but for this game, I'm going my gut. I'm going to say that garbage. They are garbage, but I think that Deshaun Watson is going to be garbage too, though. I do predict that. But even if he's garbage, all he has to do is just hand the ball off to Nick Chubb. Exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, I was going to take Cleveland for that very reason. uh, Because all they have to do is, you know, they they have the best player on the field, Nick Chubb. And then the second best player, Miles Garrett. And then the third best player, and Amari Cooper. And then the fourth best player, and whoever else is on there. (laughs) Like, they – they they have like the top five players in this in this matchup, and then one of them is a backup running back. So, yeah, he kind of got away. Yeah, I remember at the beginning of the season, I I picked the Seahawks to upset the Broncos because I was like, they're going to want they're gonna they're gonna be hungry. They weren't hungry. Yeah, I just don't Star. see. I just don't see. Yeah, they were they were really. Gino was ready, dude. Like. Gino was on that uh, team three diet for so long. And he was like, he was like, I'm about to beat this dude's ass. Uh, I cannot, in good conscience, pick the Texans to win this game. Yeah. They have just been terrible, and I feel so bad for Jerry Hughes having to be on that damn team. He kicked over a water cooler last week. Like he was, I was literally like, oh, you know, they should uh, cut him, and he can come back to the Bills. I would want them to cut him so bad. Please give me Jerry Hughes. Like I, yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I've got to pick the Browns on that one. Uh, Titans Eagles justice. Titans Eagles. Big AJ Brown revenge game, but also the Titans have kind of, you know, finally gotten it together. I'd say Uh, they lost to the Bengals last week. Uh, but the Bengals are kind of, you know, on the up. And I just feel like that both these teams, kind of, uh, the Eagles get Jordan Davis back. And when they had Jordan Davis, they were one of the best teams against the run. What happens when <laughs> Derrick Henry runs into Jordan Davis? I don't know. I'll be. That's you like the. Well, <laughs> yeah. What, what is. Versus, yeah, uh, uh, what is it? No, it's the. Unstoppable force. Yeah, on, yeah, that's exactly what that is. But I don't know, man. Uh, this game to me, I I can't help but I I pick the Eagles here, man. Like I just think their defense is real, and I think that they've just got a lot more. They can do a lot more. Uh, Re- Roy is asking, "Where's the game at?" I will figure that out for you right now. Uh, uh, it is in Philly, so yeah, I'm probably gonna go Philly for this game. But 
the Titans are a team that I really feel like they they can win this game. I don't think this game is some like blowout. Yeah, I, I actually feel upset brewing because mm-hmm. I, I, I'm picking the Eagles I don't, I, and I want to pick the Eagles, but something mm-hmm. in the back of my head is telling me that Derrick Henry is about to run for like 180. You think so? I, I do. I do. And um, I often go in my gut in these situations where I would pick Derrick Henry, but I'm going to go against my gut this time and I'm going to pick the Eagles just because I think they're the better team. And Ran for 300 yards last week. Oh, man, they just look so mm. unstoppable. Uh, so I'm going to go with them until, you know, that chink. I mean, there is a chink in their armor. It's like yeah. a, a slight cut, but it's there. So if you can, you know, uh, take advantage of it, hey, we'll see what happens. Okay. I kind of assumed that we were going to kind of have the same picks on that. So now Jaguars-Lions. This game is uh, both these defenses are hot ass. Like I, I think the over for this game is like fifty point five points or something like that. Like only giving them twenty. Oh, each team's going to score twenty five points. Are you kidding me? Like the. You think you think they're going to score more? Yeah, I think they score over. Maybe I think maybe this is a high of, game. Maybe instead of picking a team. You take the over, I'll take the under. How about that? Oh, you want to do that? Yeah. All right. Let me, let me, let me, uh, do you want to pick, uh, the spread or just point over or under? Point over under. Okay. So let me look that up real quick. So Jaguars, Lions. Oh, I thought you, I thought you said it was 55. Cause if it's like, 40, I, that's, that's what I heard today, but it might be, it might have changed. Uh, so it's 51 and a half points total. So each team would have to go 25 and a half. 25. Both these defenses are terrible. Um, yeah, we know that bad. the Lions can put up at least 30 by themselves. Yeah. I can see Jared Goff tearing it up. All right. Um, I'm going to go with the, the Lions. Uh, well, we're doing over under. So they go over 51 and a half points or under. Oh, you want to do over under? Uh, or do you want the spread? I can get the spread. No, 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 it's fine. I'll, I'll okay. take the under. I'll take the under. Okay, then I will take the over and hope that it's a slugfest because we have to have uh, different picks. That's right. So there we go. Um, so now talking about uh, those shit games, uh, we'll get over that. We got to talk about the rooting interest this week, Justice. Uh, so. Obviously, we know the three games. If nobody nobody knows, they they definitely know. Every time it's supposed to end, I know spin. I know, but I'm I'm gonna hold out faith that this is some crapshoot. Uh, I everybody knows the two games that we're definitely rooting for, which is uh, San Fran over the Dolphins, and we want the Chiefs or, or yeah, the Bengals over the Chiefs. Uh. But we also want the Vikings over the Jets because the Jets are still kind of sniffing our ass. So we don't really want that. Do you think I, – I mean, I feel like it is super realistic to think that the Bills could be, after Monday, the number one seed in the AFC. Yeah, it's completely realistic. Um, <clears throat> the Dolphins, uh, I, I've said this, I, I don't think they're a 
great team. I think they're a good team. Yeah. Uh, I think that they are an above average team that just came out of their cocoon and are now a good team, right? Yeah. Um, I think that Kyle Shanahan is the best coach in the NFL, and mm. I think he's going to have his team ready. Um, and I honestly think that the 49ers is about to wax the floor with the Dolphins, if I'm being completely honest. I know. I feel like that's – I feel like that when somebody asked me about the game, I was like, for some reason, it has the feeling that <laughs> I like everybody thinks it's going to be some really good game. I feel like just that defense of the 49ers, you look – both tackles, uh, Armstead, this will be their first real game without Armstead. He got hurt again. Um uh, He's doubtful for this game, and then their other tackle is out. So you're telling me you're going to have Joey Bosa going against backup tackles, especially on Tua's blind side? Man. Like, I... I, I can see it in my head right now. Tua's hung up by Aloha, throws two pick sixes. Like, I, yeah, can see like I can see the game break on my TV right now with a uh, 49er running the opposite direction and the entire defense following behind him to celebrate. I, I can see it right now. Yeah, so. it's I, I I just see that Tua really hasn't been under pressure from his blind side. What happened last week, right? Last week when they played the Texans, when Armstead went out in the next nine plays, Tua got sacked four times. In nine plays. In nine plays, he got sacked half, almost half of those. Yeah, almost half of them when Armstead went out. So <laughs> you're telling me, and who was coming after him? Was Joe, uh, it was uh, Mario Addison and Jerry Hughes getting after Tua. Oh, now Lord. you're telling me that Bosa's or Nick Bosa's about to go after oh, him? Oh, Lord. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know, man. I could, this seems like a game where they could literally just make Tua's life a living nightmare. And again, it's McDaniel going back against Shanahan. It's one of those things. And usually that doesn't end up uh, the the way that uh, everybody thinks, oh, where the student's going to come in and beat the master. No, Sean, Mc, Sean McDermott has still yet to do it in the postseason against Andy Reid. Like, and then you've got a, you've got a Mangini when he was with the Jets did it like once against the Patriots. Like it was, it's kind of like, it doesn't always really shake out that way. So I, I definitely could see this being a game where just the dolphins get waxed and they don't seem to think so They're you know, again, getting, we're getting the comments that are saying, Hey, you're just keeping that number one, uh, number one in the AFC East seat warm for us. Like, all right, yeah, for three days. No, I Dolphins fans is 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 eager to get their asses whooped. They they try to uh, dude their schedule coming up is like days. brutal. Brutal. They got the Chargers, the 49ers, and then us. So like they they actually tried to say that last night Stefan Diggs was on TV and he was just talking and they tried to oh, yeah. lip, read his lips over. Like, I want the Dolphins. I want the effing Dolphins. Yeah. He even replied. It was like, that's, like that's, that's not what I said. <laughs> I wasn't saying that, but yeah, exactly. You know, so y'all like, can they, think whatever you want. They clearly want the smoke, but I'm looking at this 49ers defense: Nick Bosa, Drake Greenlaw, Fred Warner, Aziz Alshair, Shavarius Ward. Like, bro, like, right, bro. <laughs> like y'all gonna have a long day. <laughs> He's gonna be running for his freaking life. Yes, he 
is. But the thing is, he has Tyreek and Waddle, so I bet you the plan is going to be get the ball out fast. Just get the ball out fast. And he's one of the best quarterbacks at that. So, you know, we'll we'll see. I can't wait for that game. Uh, I could easily – the Chiefs have to go to Cincinnati and beat the Bengals, which they have not done since 1983. Damn. Yeah. Uh, the Bengals, if they get uh, Jamar Chase back this week, I mean, we know that we know that that Chiefs defense isn't really anything that's like too special, right? So, you know, I don't know if they get Joe Mixon back this week. Uh, we don't have like actually we should have the final things he's probably questionable for the game but i i think that i just think it's really realistic that the bills could probably end up the number one seed after this week as long as they don't lose i mean there you go like you pretty much got it so yeah and then other rooting interests just the last two games before i let you close this out here Justices, we want the Packers to beat the Bears. Uh, I know people are probably like, why? Uh, so that the Packers keep playing Aaron Rodgers and don't put Jordan Love in because the Packers have to play the Dolphins in a couple of weeks. So we need we need Aaron Rodgers out there when they play the Dolphins. Oh, look at Jake playing three chess. So, okay. So we I, I I'm I am truly praying for the Dolphins downfall. Like it is it is not even funny. I'm looking at every single thing because as as a Bills fan, it feels like every single year we have to deal with just one of these AFC East teams just kind of being right there nagging at us. The whole, last year it was New England. The year before that it was the Dolphins. Like It's like we never can just truly win it. But I think all we got to do is handle business and smack the Dolphins. And then it's like, okay, well, then that tiebreaker against them is null. Because we're one and one against each other, so I, uh, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's gonna be a tight race to finish, but I think the Dolphins they have to go through a gauntlet. We're gonna see what kind of team they actually are. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, I, I think the Dolphins, like I said, I think they're a good team. So, uh, you you playing three D chess, of course. I now I want Aaron Rodgers to be playing, you know, versus the Dolphins, and oh, he's playing, I, he's I, active uh, this week, so. Yeah, I, I, I actually, you know, I'm not – I do pray for the Dolphins' downfall. But right. if I'm, you know, looking at Mike McDaniels, I don't think he's a terrible coach like I did originally. I thought pretty- it was a used – I thought he gave off used car salesman energy. We said I said that at the beginning of the season. I kind of like him. I think I, I think he's a cool player's coach, and he's – And uh, Robert's a, a, for what it's Yeah, about. he's just a good offensive – mind it like he's like an offensive genius like he's he's really he's just those shanahan offensive coordinators dude like that's just uh that that's how it works out like and i i don't know man like i i hate that he's seems like a pretty likable dude he's really awkward on the podium but pretty likable dude yeah uh what's what's the next game jets and oh who we play Wait no, did we talk? We talked about the the Chiefs, Bengals. Oh yeah, and then we need the Vikings to beat the Jets. So, oh, uh, that's the other rooting interest uh, we have. Well, uh, I mean, Mike White balled out of his freaking mind last week. So, 
What was he, 22 28 for 315, three tutties and zero picks? It was another Mike White game, you know, like he did against the Bengals last year. Uh, we'll see if he gets humbled <laughs> when he when he has to play. I mean, he's not playing a great defense this, this week. I mean, the Vikings aren't some amazing defense. So um, I feel like either the Bengals or the Chiefs are going to get exposed this week. I don't know which, but one of them is going to get exposed. I think it's the Chiefs. They've just been winning every single one of these games super, super close. They haven't really, you know, been the team that dominates anybody. And I feel like that the Bengals are a team that everybody's kind of forgotten about. Uh, and I think that a win over the Chiefs kind of vaults them back into that. Uh, that okay, we're talking, we're talking playoffs. Yep. You know, so that's it. But yeah, two hour show to come back on. I know Spin wants us to go to like three in the morning, but you know, it's yeah. funny. Last night I was I was up mad late. I was like, I should hop on live right now just to see if Spin will pop up. But we, we hadn't done the show in a little while, so I wasn't sure if he was going to, you know. Yeah, I, I, I was going to pop on last night to do a post-game show, but, you know, by the time I got home, I was very inebriated and probably <laughs> not fit to be put on camera. So I, so I played the new Call of Duty for like three hours and then passed out. So very nice. All right, man. Um, hey, great show to come back to. That's awesome. I uh, got the the jitterbugs out. Finally, got to. <laughs> yeah, we were AWOL. No, uh, it's been. Uh, I I actually was in a, a, a car accident a couple weeks ago, and then Jake was sick, and then Thanksgiving. It was. I've had cool. he he brought up uh, earlier. He was like, they had the flu. I had the flu. Yeah. Like I, everybody from that game that I went to the Minnesota game. Everybody was like, oh, we're all getting sick. I was sick for like two and a half weeks. Like, God, I it was y'all. killing me. God, I'm pissed. <laughs> I, um, I was mad because I was like, are you shitting me? No. But uh, next week, you coming back, right? For yeah. Jets? Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, so we'll do some more uh, I will. Yeah, I will be in Buffalo, but I leave Saturday morning early so we can still do our show on Friday night. So. Oh, even better. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, and this time we'll coordinate a little bit better. Um, maybe even try to get in a live pod or something like that. Um, but yeah, this I got equipment awesome. for it. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll make that happen. Um, this was awesome. Uh, another awesome week. Another awesome Bills win. Victory Friday. Two hours. Two hours special for Victory Friday. Uh, shout out to Jake for that incredible intro. Uh, the you know setting the vibe that was dope. I, I rocked with that very very heavily, um, and and doing a great job of hosting the show today. Uh, but you guys know we appreciate every single like, comment, subscription, retweet, repost, share, everything. You guys, all the support you guys give us is is, is so appreciated, and we, we couldn't do anything. <laughs> Look at Jake. Our producer Jake, man. No, but seriously, guys, we appreciate you guys so much. And uh, we will see you guys. Well, those don't play this Sunday. They already won, so you ain't even got to worry about it, all right? We'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Also, be on the lookout for the uh, Bills versus Bears Madden simulation. We will give you more information on that. Oh! Come back, baby. Announcement real quick. Um, 
I told Twitter that I had an announcement and I didn't tell anybody and people were badgering me. So if you're watching now, you get the benefit of the announcement, right? You get the, the information before anybody else. Bill's legendary wide receiver Stevie Johnson has agreed to host one-on-one -on -one competition tournament, whatever. We'll figure out the details a little bit later, but he's agreed to host it. So we're going to be working on that. If you guys want to lace up your cleats and get your wide receiver gloves out and come in and try out, uh, we're going to definitely make that happen. Be uh, Stay tuned for, for more information on that. Uh, with that being said, that is Nostradamus. That's my boy Jake Jordan. I'm Justice General Raffer, and we are out. Go Bills. Go Bills. <laughs>